welcome to In the Envelope, a podcast from Backstage, the one-stop shop for actors and creators both above and below the line. I am your host, Vinny Mancuso, Backstage Senior Editor and Professional Entertainment Obsessive. I'll be your guide through every corner of the creative industry with the help of some of your favorite stars. Here you'll find intimate, in-depth talks with today's most award-worthy names in film, television, and theater. Along the way, we'll get advice on living your best creative life, relatable stories of the highest highs and lowest lows, and maybe, just maybe, a rare peak in the envelope. I don't think I could have done another one. I mean, I loved being part of it, but it's... I started kind of realizing that somewhere along the lines there was a huge kind of sacrifice I'd made. I'd lost Mm -hmm. something. I wasn't really sure what. And also it was just this overwhelming sense of freedom as well. Like, I could do anything. I mean, weirdly, the first thing I did was have my tonsils removed. Everybody, welcome to a brand new extra additional June 20, 2022 episode, I'm sorry, of In the Envelope, the Actors Podcast. I can't talk. I'm too excited to welcome our guest today because joining us is an actor who, if I had to guess, you probably recognize as part of the biggest part of your childhood. Yes, we sat down today with Rupert Grint former resident of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, and currently starring on Apple TV Plus's absolute mind trip of a show, Servant. We obviously talked about Harry Potter, because how could you not talk about Harry Potter? Uh, The wild journey that was landing that role, as well as the wonderful bits of acting advice he picked up from the likes of Alan Rickman, Julie Walters along the way. Um, But we also dived pretty deep into what comes after. Life after Harry Potter, what it means to find your love of acting again after spending a whole childhood on blockbuster sets. That leads us, of course, right up to the aforementioned Servant from M. Night Shyamalan, which, like I mentioned, is an absolute trip. Cannot recommend it enough. Uh, We dived into that too. This episode really covers the full spectrum, from child wizard icon to foul-mouthed M. Night Shyamalan regular, and every step in between. It's a great chat. I cannot wait for you to hear it, so let's get into it. Here is Rupert Grint. For your awards consideration, watch the third season of M. Night Shyamalan's Servant on Apple TV+. This drama series follows a Philadelphia couple in mourning after an unspeakable tragedy creates a rift in their marriage and opens the door for a mysterious force to enter their home. Starring Lauren Ambrose, Toby Kebbell, Nell Tiger-Free, and Rupert Grint, this thrilling drama series has been called darkly comedic and heart-stopping. Stream all episodes on Apple TV+. (laughs) 
Rupert Grint has been a fantasy favorite for the past two decades. Landing the role of Ron Weasley at the age of 11, Grint spent 10 years and 7 movies in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, one of the biggest film franchises of all time. Recently, the actor's roles have taken a much darker, more horror-tinged turn. He'll soon be seen in Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin, and the fourth and final season of Apple TV Plus's unsettling series, Servant. Here is the incredible Rupert Grint. How's it going? Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, no, good. You? Good, good, good. So yeah, you were just saying you're uh, you're in Philadelphia. How do you find Philadelphia? I love Philadelphia. I love um, it as well. It's become kind of a second home now. We know it really well. Um, this time around, we are not actually in the city. We we we're in this little town called Wayne, mm-hmm. which is really nice. It's like we thought it'd be better because I've got my my daughter here, so there's a bit of space. There's like a yard. Very nice. Is this like the first time that uh, you've been able to bring your daughter to, to the set, or is this is this a old hat for her? She flew here when she was like six months when we when we were doing the I guess the second season, the second half of the second season because obviously we stopped uh, for COVID, so we had a big kind of hiatus in between that. Um, and she, yeah, she flew. How does she find? Uh... The set life. How is she taking to it? Is she? She loves it. She has really been kind of inspired, especially now. Now she's kind of talking and kind of a bit more of a human being, <laughs> not just <laughs> yeah. a, a thing. That, yeah. Yeah, she loves it. She loves the hair and makeup department. She's she loves the props. She she thinks the set is this like massive doll's house. <laughs> she kind of essentially is in a way. Yeah, I was gonna say this is a pretty wild show to uh, introduce <laughs> introduce your daughter to. It is, yeah. I mean, even I mean, for a dad as well, is yeah, it's quite uncomfortable, especially now that, that um, Jericho, the baby in the show, is kind of the same age as Wednesday. So yeah, yeah, hitting the same milestones, so it's it all feels a little bit too real sometimes. Um, so yeah, but it it's it's been actually really helpful. I think getting to grips with kind of. I mean, the, the heart of the show is, is is that kind of tragic event and to kind of understand that and what was at stake, what kind of, that kind of loss it means. Um, it's, yeah, it's been quite helpful. Yeah, so to be clear to everyone listening, uh, Servant is the show, uh, <laughs> Servant on Apple T Plus. I'm very, first of all, thank you so much for being here. I'm not sure I said that. Uh, and I'm really happy we got to do this because I have been meaning to watch Servant since Apple TV Plus came to be, but you know, too much TV. So because of this, in- because of this interview, got to catch up. And let me tell you, it's a pretty, pretty wild binge survey. <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty wild show to fit into a very small amount of time. Yeah, I can't imagine watching it kind of all at once. So many things happen. But I think it's good about it. It's a half hour show, so it's yeah, you can kind of whip through them pretty quickly. Well, it's incredible because you know my my fiance was just she, she'd walk in and out of the room and she she was interested at first then she'd leave then she came back like a season later and she's like oh what's happened in between and I was like I <laughs> I, can't, I can't I can't sum it up I can't sum it up I love the show but you know this is you know we're backstage and we we're all about the actor's journey so I do want to I do want to back it up I want to I want to because we're very interested in in the entire journey everything that got you to servant so I want to start at the beginning uh, do you have a sort of actor's origin story is there a is there a 
performance or movie or anything you can remember that you were like, oh, that's that's acting. That's something I'd like to do. Um, I don't know. I think because I kind of got into this kind of really young, and, I, and, and, it, and for me it was, I mean, I, I loved drama at school. I was, I was a very shy kid, and I found, like, kind of being on stage, essentially pretending to be someone else, was very helpful for me. It was kind of, it gave me confidence, I guess. Um, so I really kind of fed off that and, and, and did did loads of, like, plays. I did Annie a couple of times. I was rooster. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, things like that, it was, it was, it was really important, but um, it was really, I got into it because of the book. I was a huge fan of the books, um, the Harry Potter books. Um, I had a huge affiliation with that, with Ron in particular, and yeah, I just, I, I did a load of auditions. I, I even did like a self-tape. I think it was probably one of the earliest self-tapes. Yeah, I was going to say, how, what was the what was the technology like for that self-tape? Yeah, I mean, it was literally a tape. It was a VHS. Uh, my mum filmed it while my dad was like out in the yard, like building an extension. So you can hear on the tape, you can hear him like digging up a patio. Um, <laughs> so it was never really a lot of kind of faith was put into this really it was just a kind of a lot of my friends were doing it was kind of fans of the book that were sending in videos of them reading kind of sections of the book and yeah I mean just from that I I met the casting uh, the casting director who was Susie Figgis I went to her house she only lived like down the road from me weirdly Um, and after that it was kind of a series of probably like six five or six auditions like camera tests with different kind of combinations of Harry's and Hermione's and and yeah I mean I was very kind of like I had no idea what really we were getting into obviously the books were huge yeah. um, but I mean this was originally just going to be two movies I think we were signing on for um, so it was yeah it was a, a, a real kind of it was a real kind of a journey as that's going on you know you said you just you know self-taped audition audition at what point were you like oh you know, at what point did it stop becoming something you were doing and then it became like, oh, maybe uh, this is real. <laughs> maybe this is actually happening. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I was really ever really aware of... It was It was kind of... It, I didn't really take it too seriously, really. And neither did my family. It wasn't like... They weren't like kind of pushy parents being like... Uh-huh. Concentrate and kind of drilling me with the... It was really just... And even when I kind of look back at it, it was, I can't really remember specifically what we were doing. I remember being on set and I do remember when Dan and Emma, when I had the, the camera test with Dan and Emma and things started, more producers kind of filled the room and it felt like there was some sort of something happening. But really I'd had no idea and, and, and it was only when they called us in for another camera test, but this time we went to David Heyman's office mm-hmm. and then we thought, okay, what's going on here? And it, I was with Emma and that's when they told us that we would, we'd, we'd got the parts. And immediately that day, I think we, we had like a photo shoot. They took us, took us off on a bit of a, like a tour of the, the studios. So it was, yeah, I mean, we were immediately in this kind of vortex that kind of didn't stop spinning. So it was, it, it was, it was hugely exciting. It was, I mean, to suddenly kind of be in that world that I'd kind of dreamed about. Um, it was, yeah, it was just such a high. Yeah, I, that's that's one of the best origin stories I've ever heard because it kind of sounds like you were committed to the bit, 
And then <laughs> it became <laughs> one of the biggest movie franchises of all time. So and and we just didn't really foresee that. It was it was really just about kind of enjoying the moment, I think. And I think I don't think it was until kind of late second movie that we, we realized we were gonna be doing it again and <clears throat> and then it kind of it snowboarded into this thing that was no one really comprehended. Um so yeah, it was it was. It's only really now that I'm kind of. And it's, we had the reunion last year as well. That I'm kind of mm-hmm. re kind of remembering all these things, and it's it's now something that I'm kind of in my consciousness again. It's with this kind of ten year perspective. It's interesting. I don't know if I. It's almost like trauma. You kind of <laughs> not that it was traumatic in any way, but yeah, it, it, some some parts get erased, and it's your memory of it is kind of fragmented in a, in a weird way, um, but. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm hugely grateful to be a part of it. It was, it was a great experience and I learned a lot from it. And we had a great wealth of directors that came in over those years and the cast was unreal. So it was, it really kind of felt like a almost school. It was like a, a college. It was a real education we, we were all getting. And I, I still kind of remember things. I, learned, I still remember things that I've kind of learned from being on this set that still apply today. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I love being part of it. What are some of those things? You know, I've seen you describe, you know, just the Harry Potter set as it's, you know, that was basically your acting school. Because you, correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't have any like formal training. There was no sort of school or anything like that. So, you know, you were just, that was your acting school. So I'm curious, like, who specifically were your biggest teachers and and what, what did they teach you and what, what's still there for you? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean a lot of things like, I guess kind of the technicalities, the kind of mundane things of being on a set, and I think patient. My patience is like insane. Like now, I, I people always comment on that. I can, I, I just have this stuff. And just I can just, no, I I have a real good like nothing really kind of phases me. I can kind of be on set, be in an uncomfortable position for a really long time. Um, no, I mean, that really comes up that often, but um, that's definitely something that was kind of galvanised on the sets of Potter, for sure. It was kind of really long, kind of set pieces that we were kind of filming, like, one shot for, like, weeks, just really kind of specific stuff. And, um, yeah, I think it was amazing kind of actors that we were engaging with at such a young age, and they really kind of did take on kind of mentor role I mean Julie Waters stands out she was she played my mum Mrs Weasley she was always great I mean Alan, Alan, Alan Rickman again he was the one that really kind of encouraged all of us to to go and do theatre at some point I remember him definitely saying that to me uh, which I did eventually do um, straight after I finished Potter I did a play um, that was really helpful to me um, and yeah I mean Alan had loads of like little nuggets of wisdom he was really good at I have this thing about I'd corpse a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, just never been able to kind of control it. But um, he always had some interesting kind of tips on how to not not do that. Yeah, <laughs> that's like an old. I think that's like an old theater term. It, it, it means laugh during a scene, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, right. I actually don't know why. I think it's. I think it comes from people who used to play corpses in like stage plays and they like couldn't keep a straight face that's interesting yeah yeah that could be wrong <laughs> that, that could be totally wrong 
Let's just let's just say that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. So like when you when you think of, you know, what has become your quote unquote process, you know, your acting process, how you do things, is without that formal training, is it just a matter of like, you know, a sort of rolling stone gathers moss? Like you do pick up things and, and it's just like, oh that works, that doesn't work. Is it is it cause and effect, uh, trial and error, stuff like that? Um, I guess so, yeah. I mean it's all of those things. I'm still kind of completely discovering kind of new ways to to help me with that. Because, I mean, Ron was this very different kind of process. It was someone that had obviously started to create from quite an early age when I wasn't really kind of thinking that I was creating something. So we kind of became... A lot of me went into him, that that character, so we became kind of one thing. The lines were very kind of blurred between us. So now kind of going on and playing different characters, I I, I kind of... It's very different. Um, So for me, it's... It's always about kind of finding that the physicality has always been a really important part. I, mean, I always kind of give every character I do like a weird, like a specific walk. Mm-hmm. Not that you'd ever like notice it. There's always they're the same walk, but they just feel like a slight different way of holding yourself. And I always find that is a really good way of kind of grounding you in that character. It just holds you differently and you it kind of just sinks you deeper into it. Um, there's something I found really helpful. I've done that on kind of everything um is that the the starting point like you know is, is it something where you're like you know you're reading the script and you 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 start moving and you're like oh this is how they would talk and walk it's interesting yeah um and then everything kind of comes i mean it, i'm always quite i mean i'm not someone who does like a load of like research or like reading or mm-hmm. that doesn't I, I never really find that kind of i don't really absorb that as well i think it's always kind of the writing something I depend on yeah um, and it's different I mean I've, I've recently worked on I mean Servant is a, is a really unique show it's for, for many different ways it's, it's it's one location we film kind of uh, chronologically mm-hmm. and the takes are so long it, it kind of you, you do kind of it feels almost like theatre where you're kind of you're staying in it for such a long time and and by now as well, we're in the fourth season, so we, mm-hmm. we know each other. It's a small cast, it's just the four of us. Um, so you develop this kind of synchronicity between you all and you kind of fall into this kind of rhythm. Yeah, something that I've not really kind of experienced before in anything else. It's, it's very unique to that show. So a lot of things are like that, um, kind of everything. But everything's kind of different. And I'm, as I say, I'm still kind of learning new ways of immersing yourself in in different worlds something i'm 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 very interested in for for your career and any career of anyone who ever did one of these massive franchises is that point at i believe 2011 where you're done with harry potter what was that sort of decision process like where it was like oh what the hell's next do you know like what is what is my next step and what's like the road forward yeah for sure yeah it was really was strange um it was, I mean, it was definitely, I was completely ready to, to stop. It had to fit, it had to end at some point. And I think by then I'd already, mm-hmm. I'd felt like, I just, I don't think I could have done another one. It was as, as I mean, I loved being part of it, but it's, they were just, I think I'd beginning, I'd begin, I'd started kind of realizing that somewhere along the lines, there was a huge kind of sacrifice I'd made. I'd lost mm-hmm. something. I wasn't really sure what. And also it was just this overwhelming sense of freedom as well. It was like, I could 
too many things. I mean, I, weirdly, the first thing I did was have my tonsils removed. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I could never do it. It was something I needed to do. I had, like, obscenely, like, massive tonsils. <laughs> um, and I could never do it because I'd never recover in time because we were filming on such a... I'd never had, like, a amount of time where I could recover while I was shooting. So it was... Yeah, that was the first thing I did. And weirdly, that felt like the tonsils almost <laughs> represented. <laughs> they, yeah. like, became this kind of symbol of um, that thing that was now kind of... I was free of it, and it was... It felt good. I mean, I, I don't think I was massively ambitious at that moment to kind of <clears throat> do kind of everything. I don't know. I think I was very much also in the mindset of, like, I don't really know what else I can do. do can I only do this character? Because we'd mm -hmm. become so kind of entangled as one thing, um, I didn't really, couldn't really see myself doing it. I mean, in between the movies as well, I did do some independent or kind of indie films, which I really loved. Um, it was it was so nice to kind of step on a different set and see how other things. And I learned a lot from that as well to see how kind of smaller kind of scale film is done. And it was it was a real eye opener, I think, because you kind of. Being on a Harry Potter set was a very kind of unique thing. Mm -hmm. So I've never kind of seen anything like it since, obviously. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I needed some time for sure in that kind of immediate couple of years after to, like, I don't know, kind of go out, just do stupid, yeah. like, make terrible mistakes. Um, <laughs> but you got your tonsils fixed. Got my tonsils, yeah, that was... that. I'm, I'm glad I did that. That was that was definitely on the top of my list. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I went away. I could. It was it was just a, a bit of a kind of self discovery. I think I was I kind of lost myself amongst Potter as well. Mm. I didn't really know who I was. Really, I know that sounds that sounds really <laughs> cliche. Like, I, I, I wasn't really a, I wasn't really in crisis. It was just I think I just needed some time. And then yeah, I mean, it wasn't long. I mean, it was. I think it was a year out of not doing anything really, or not even really thinking about anything. Um, mm -hmm. God, what did I do? I can't even remember what I did after that. Well, I know that you know, twenty thirteen, you did you make your stage debut, uh, and I, and I've and I've seen you, I've seen you sort of you know credit that as you know the 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 re spark, you know the 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 oh right, this is what I like about about acting, and I am I am curious, you know, because th this was your stage debut, uh, and what it what it was about the process that really added a new layer to acting, added a new sense of appreciating it? Yeah, no, I really, I think it definitely came at such a, the right time. I think I previously, before that, I'd done a couple of, like, indie movies that, weirdly, I did one of them with Alan Rickman. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, yeah. that's Jesus. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, nothing really, I mean, it just wasn't the same. So I know it was kind of, mm -hmm. I guess, falling a bit out of love with it. I just, wasn't, it just didn't really see where I was going um, and then, then yeah that play came and it was a huge kind of leap of faith I think because it was I, I, it'd been a long time since I'd been on any kind of stage and previous to that it was, it was, I mean I'm just talking like school plays so mm -hmm. it, was, it seemed like a huge kind of uh, deal really to be to be on, on stage and it's quite kind of serious play um, but I loved it I loved the rehearsal period it was it was really great I mean we were really lucky we had a brilliant director, Ian Rickson. It was a jazz butter with play, so it had this... Yeah. It's kind of such specific kind of dialogue. It was this real kind of 
punchy, kind of rhythmic language that I really loved. And yeah, just being in a kind of rehearsal room with, I won't say like just five other guys, uh, it was a great cast. And yeah, I just really kind of, I loved it. It, was, it felt like something completely fresh, completely new, that kind of invention of someone new. And obviously, obviously, when you get on stage as well, there's like, it's a, it's a very different experience, obviously. Um, you're kind of in it for two hours. There's no kind of escape. There's no, you can't relax. You, you kind of, yeah. you're on it for that kind of amount of time. So it's, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that and being in an audience, having that kind of instant kind of feedback and feeling that excitement. It was, yeah, no, I loved it. I absolutely it was. It gave me such a high, right? And I, and I, and I, 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 I was worried about the kind of repetitivity of it, kind of doing that, mm-hmm. kind of eight shows a week. I loved kind of being able to like, kind of change it and kind of evolve and like adapt. There was always kind of, again, I mean, that's similar to how I, what I was talking about with Servant. It's this. You're almost like it's like being in a band. You like, you all have this kind of very different kind of rhythm, but you're completely in it together. I loved the kind of the team play of it and mm. kind of picking up the ball from your other players. And it was, yeah, I, I really found it a great experience. And you mentioned that was, that was Alan, you know, that was a piece of Alan Rickman advice was everyone should do, should do theater. Is that, is, is, is that your, is that now become your advice? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he was definitely in my head and he, and he came to see me as well, um, which is amazing. It was I think it's really important. I think, especially I think when you've been, when I'd, from where I'd come from, this kind of huge kind of machine that had really kind of started to define me, I think. Feel the fear as well, I think was really great. I kind mm. of felt very kind of human again, weirdly. It was, yeah, I, I kind of gained a lot from that, I think, and kind of loved doing that. I loved being the whole kind of, Social life as well. The West, it was, yeah, it was just really <clears> fun. Like, I just, I would definitely like to do more of that in the future. But in what I mean, I, I'm saying all this now, but it was absolutely terrible. Every night I was <laughs> terrified to the point of a breakdown. But once you got out there, it was, you just felt like you'd conquered something. It was, you really kind of, it was a real kind of victory. Whenever you kind of got through a show, it was just a real euphoria. Um, I, I really, really loved and you mentioned it. A servant does feel pretty stage play. Like it's 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 so locked into this one position. It's 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 such a sort of ensemble piece, and it's so much of it is just you know stable camera, you guys working off each other. Uh, I'm curious how you got how you came to servant. It was it did you audition for servant? Was it a where you sent the script for servant? Um, yeah, no, I I, I did made a tape. Um, I'm the, I'm just really bad at. The self tape. Yeah, the technology's gotten better, but oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, VHS we come a long way, but yeah, I've I've never really put a lot of hope in tapes. Really, I I, I find them really difficult. But this one, yeah, I mean, this I didn't really think. Like, I mean, obviously, you, you know, nights involved, so you know something's going to be. It's kind of excite has that kind of excitement. But I mean, mm-hmm. the scene I was given to do was this completely out of context. Was these two guys arguing about doll. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of, con- I mean, that was it. We, I, that was all we had. So it was already kind of shrouded in <clears throat> kind of mystery. But um, there was something about it that was just really, I couldn't stop thinking about it after I did it. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, that was it. I sent him the tape. I spoke to Knight kind of a few days after. Then he sent the kind of scripts. And I just, yeah, I absolutely loved it. I, was, I just loved that kind of, this tragedy was kind of so interlaced with this kind of dark humour. And it was really interesting to me to, to be in this one location, this kind of small cast. Um, and yeah, and Julian as well, his kind of position in, in that dynamic was really interesting to me. So it was, yeah, it just seemed like a lot of fun. I've been a huge fan of Night as well. Um, it was just a no-brainer, really. For your awards consideration, watch the third season of M. Night Shyamalan's Servant on Apple TV+. This drama series follows a Philadelphia couple in mourning after an unspeakable tragedy creates a rift in their marriage and opens the door for a mysterious force to enter their home. Starring Lauren Ambrose, Toby Kebble, Nell Tiger-Free, and Rupert Grint, this thrilling drama series has been called darkly comedic and heart-stopping. Stream all episodes on Apple TV+. I believe you told Backstage this about a year ago. You were talking about, I think at this point it was Servant Season 2, about how you you created the subtext for Julian. And I, I, I'm curious how that starts for you. Like, what does the script analysis process look for you where you're like, okay, this probably means this. This probably means this. Yeah, I think you have to do a lot of that with something like this, particularly in the earlier seasons where you don't you don't get a lot of information at all. It's particularly about Julian, who's this character who's have got a very different orbit. He, he doesn't live in the house. He's he kind of ventures out a lot of the time and kind of comes into this kind of arena of doom. Um, yeah. So you don't really know anything about him. You don't know where he goes, you don't know where he lives, you don't know what he does for a living. So yeah, that always fascinated me and that was something that I felt like I needed to fill that those gaps just to kind of roundabouts, just so he doesn't become this kind of puppet that just comes in. Yeah, there has to be an internal life. There has to be an external life as well. Yeah, totally. For sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm still, I mean, now it's not so much because we've got kind of a lot more information now. We know what happened. A lot of my, a lot of my secret subtext has been. It's now text. <laughs> yeah. And some of it completely kind of disproved. I had this weird thing where I, I mean, it's part of this. I kind of had this thing where he went to Cambridge. <laughs> to kind of justify where my accent got a little bit funky. Um, so yeah, there was lots of things actually, we know now he went to Harvard. So yeah, there was lots of things like that were like, just where he lives, what kind of place he, they're all important things to kind of fill out. And um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's been an interesting journey with him kind of, because he's gone through a lot of different, kind of different forms, I think, particularly in the last, couple of seasons um so yeah no, it's, it's it's interesting kind of carving that out amongst the kind of central tragedy i'm curious what it's like to to have a character where because you're 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 doing the fourth and final season right now yeah and so there isn't there end in, an end in sight i'm curious what it is what it's like to play a character knowing that the the end the end of you know whatever the journey is is right around the corner is it is it is it hard to sort of keep that is it hard to stay present when when the when the edge of the cliff is is right there yeah for sure it's really interesting kind of new exercise i think and and also we don't know we actually don't know how this ends yet mm -hmm. we're i think we're five episodes in now the fourth season and we 
I've got the next two. We don't know kind of essentially how it ends, but um, for sure things are happening now in this this season that are kind of irreversible, and the, the, there's, there's there's definitely a sense that this is kind of coming to a conclusion, um, which is interesting because before you know think weird things would happen in the show and it would be immediately or in the kind of the next two episodes kind of dismissed as something weird or completely <laughs> yeah. rational. Um, so yeah, now things are happening that I can't. There's no way out of. So it's it's really interesting, and it really kind of keeps you on your toes. Not really knowing what is around the corner, you kind of have to. I mean, you try not to think of it. You try to kind of discover those things with the character, I guess. But um, it's yeah, sometimes that can definitely definitely be a challenge. Um, it's, it's an interesting experience. It sounds like it almost makes it easier to stay present because you're, like you said, you're reacting. To things like you know you've read the script you know but like you're still reacting to every beat as if it's new yes for sure um and i, th- and I think that definitely kind of i mean in the beginning it was we, we were all kind of desperate to to know kind of what the next episode was and where we were going mm-hmm. in 2021 i think i was i was reading a bunch of fury and not you know like your interviews when the show started and you know season two uh, and there's one in Esquire where you, where you you sort of said you know Julian is 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 your darker side, uh, and I'd I'd love for just a little bit of elaboration on that because it's very interesting to me the way that you know this role can be a- attractive to you in that in that sense. Yeah, I think yeah I think with every character you kind of try and put a little bit of yourself in it just to make it. And if if it so it's not so kind of hard to kind of jump into it, I think just to sustain something for that kind of for a whole kind of four seasons, mm. it, that, I always find that kind of quite important. But yeah, I mean Julian is initially when I read it, he, he's this quite an unlikable guy. He's kind of this very privileged snob who kind of thinks he knows everything. He's always kind of one step ahead, and I kind of quite often don't like him, <laughs> but. There's something about him. There is this kind of, and it's something I kind of saw in him a lot kind of later, I guess. This kind of vulnerability, and you realise it's just these are all kind of like defence mechanisms to kind of deflect from his own guilt. He is this kind of very. Uh, I mean, he really feels responsible for the death of his his nephew. He's a very complicated character but um kind of within that i, I always lo- kind of loved his kind of humorous sarcasm and uh, yeah i guess when i say that I, I guess the part of me that kind of wishes i was i, I think i like to think i'd be you know the kind of, the kind of sarcasm like, and, the, and the confidence that he has the kind of he can walk into any room and think he's kind of the cleverest and he'll have the kind of best idea i always always think he's kind of the person you probably want if you were like trying to get rid of a body or something he'd, he'd be really kind of quite calm and like he'll, he'll have a plan um uh so yeah i i kind of like the idea of kind of stepping into that kind of mindset but yeah i mean he's he's really in reality i'm kind of a very introverted sometimes kind of neurotic person um so yeah i mean yeah we share some things but i mean ultimately not at all. And I think now, third season, he's a very different character again. He's kind of without the, the, the drink and the drugs. He's kind of, he, he doesn't quite know 
how to behave anymore. He's, he's, he's really kind of disarmed in that way. Um, so he, there's kind of a hollowness to him that I found was quite interesting um, and kind of allows him to kind of forward the, the kind of sleuthing into kind of the mystery at the, the, the centre of the, the show, which is where the how did this baby come from? Which no, no, no of the other characters are really kind of, they're not really interested in anymore. So it's, it's kind of down to Julia now to kind of work that out. I've, I always find that really interesting because acting shouldn't be, it shouldn't replace therapy. But but that idea of sort of you know, um, and you've mentioned this in other other interviews I've read that you know you're shy, you're introverted. And I, I'm I'm curious, that's not an uncommon thing for actors to say, but it's always a bit surprising because of what you do. At what point in the process, especially playing Julian, when that side of you takes a backseat? <laughs> like when are, when are you like, okay, I I am officially a confident person now <laughs> on on the stage? Um, yeah, it's weirdly it kind of it's quite easy to slip into. Really, I think having the accent weirdly helps. Mm-hmm. Being an American, I instantly feel, and I often do it when I'm like, even at a drive-through or something. I'll order an American accent. Yeah. Partly because they can understand me better. But, um, it's a very American thing to do is order food. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, even when kind of in that situation, you do hold your head up a little higher and you, I don't know, there's just a bit of a swagger, I think. I mean, that's how I feel as an introverted British man. There's this kind of quite full body kind of experience when you're playing an American. And, and, and yeah, I mean, there's lots of things that kind of, sink you into him like the costume uh, all those things like wearing a kind of a fancy suit a scarf <laughs> so yeah I've, I've yeah it's it's never really been kind of a difficult shift into that but i mean as soon as the, they say cut i'm like kind of I, i'm not one of those people who can kind of stay in it mm-hmm. toby on the hand he's kind of you wouldn't believe he actually is a british <laughs> he's always just he's an american throughout the whole whole show um so um yeah it's yeah i think over the i mean this is my first experience on really on kind of a tv show that's kind of gone on this long <laughs> so i'm still like kind of working everything out before i let you go because i know i know that we're running low on time i do want to leave off with a a sort of master class section of some something that i find really interesting and that i think for our especially our listeners overseas will be actionable. I am curious, how do you do an American accent? What is what are the the steps, the the tips, the sort of figuring out process of doing an American accent? Because that's something I I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I didn't I didn't even know I had an American accent. No, I mean it is I I've I've always loved it. An accent accents are such a great tool. I think I always was quite afraid of them because I always thought they could they could be quite distracting. Mm-hmm. So it's never something I like to you know the the less is kind of more, but I, and I've worked with some great voice coaches as well that which I love the kind of mechanics of what actually going on in your mouth when you because it's insane what actually your tongue is doing, uh, what my tongue is doing now and what kind of your tongue is doing when you speak is, is mm-hmm. completely different things. Um, so yeah, having an understanding of that kind of really helps. Not that you're ever really conscious of it because I I mean some people some actors I guess do kind of consciously change all those things but I I, I can't um, so yeah I mean it, it, it's yeah it's a weird thing and, and and still now like I feel quite confident with it now but I, I, there's definitely words that kind of trip me up and kind of constantly kind of mining it 
and kind of being aware of it is important and it helps that it, it, within the four characters there's three of us are British so we're kind of mm-hmm. all kind of in the same boat but um, yeah I guess you also have like a trigger word trigger words and I often have like a sentence that I would like repeat that will completely kind of re kind of calibrate I can get kind of straight back into it it's usually swearing <laughs> but yeah I found that, that that kind of definitely helps but I think American is I think from a from a, for a British guy to do an American accent is easier than the other way around for sure possibly a little bit more going on in a British I don't know so the the key to an American accent is, is do less or <laughs> yeah I guess so and it's kind of I mean obviously it depends I mean there's so many different accents mm-hmm. I'm kind of with Julian, I'd keep it very kind of straight. I'm not doing like a... I mean, I could go mayor of East Town, but <laughs> I just couldn't sustain that. It's such a specific noise. And also, it's not really there. These people are kind of... I guess they're like... They think... Well, they're, they're kind of from... They're kind of a wealthy family, um, quite aware of that. And, and yeah, it's, it's I find accents fascinating. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely... I don't think I've mastered it, <laughs> but I'm getting there. I'm curious, uh, right before I let you go, what are the words that trip you? What's the word that trips you up the most? Um, so, yeah, I mean, annoyingly, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, which comes up a lot in a show about a baby. And particularly there was a scene, I think, sec- it was the first season where I'm like, I'm, I'm like going mad and I'm like shouting baby all around the house. <laughs> And to me, to, at the time, I I didn't really think I was getting that wrong. And it was actually Knight who, like, only recently told me that I sounded so British when I when I say baby. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really kind of self-conscious about whatever it's in the script. Anything where there's, like, loads of R's. There was a scene in the first season where it's, like, I have to say floorboards. Couldn't do it. <laughs> uh, we eventually changed, changed the lines. It's just floorboard. I just... And also, it just didn't really sound like. Because I think also kind of bearing in mind the first two seasons mm-hmm. were mostly written by a Brit as well. Our writer Tony Bascoll yeah. was British, so there was a lot of kind of Britishisms that we had to kind of self-edit while we were going through through the scenes. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of those little things. Incredible. I could talk about this all day. I could talk about Servant all day because it, it's what sort of the most uh, engrossing shows, one of the most claustrophobic shows I've seen in a long time. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, you know. uh, but thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I uh, I look forward to season four. I look forward to whatever's whatever's after season four. Uh, thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, as always, to our brilliant producer, Jamie Muffet, and to the whole team at Backstage, Samantha Sherlock, Mark Stinson, Caitlin Watkins, and of course, Casey Howe. Visit Backstage.com, and don't forget, you can subscribe to Backstage with code ENVELOPE at checkout for a free trial. 100% free, you simply cannot beat that. For more exclusive content, find us on Facebook and Twitter, at In The Envelope, and subscribe, share, and leave a comment. Who should we interview next? Let us know. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time for another peek in the envelope.